So, Haytham, what is the big picture? Yeah, so it's it's like what it says it is. It's a big picture. Um, but nice, to, nice answer. Right? That's, that's <laughs> <all I'm saying. laughs> Nailed it. Well, so that's our show today, guys. I yes, think we covered right. everything. Appreciate it, Haytham. <laughs> Guess who's back, Matt? Back again? Jerry's back. <laughs> Tell a friend. I'm back. I'm back, baby. Sorry, I missed the last one. I felt it. I felt it in my heart being away from the last episode, man. Yeah, back. Thanks for covering down last week uh, and and for the awesome episode with Mary, who who brought brought some good knowledge for us. And we're back again this week with a new guest. We've got... Haytham Shaheen here, who's uh, who's gonna talk to us about some some big picture stuff. One of the practices that we uh, use pretty often in some of our stuff. But happy to have you on, Haytham. Thanks for joining us, man. No, thanks for having me. I'm excited. First podcast. First ever. First ever. This is so not the first podcast you want to be on, by the way. <laughs> but it is what it is. So you know. You made oh your bed. Now you got to lie in it, Haytham. Here you are with us. That's right. No, I'm committed. I'm committed. Well, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us who you are and, uh, and what you do, and we'll get into it from there. Yeah. So I'm Haytham Shaheen. I've been with Labs for almost two years now. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, my title is consulting engineer, but to give to some perspective on that, more like a cloud native application developer, do CI/CD pipeline stuff, DevOps stuff, uh, container stuff, OpenShift stuff. So uh, a lot of different technologies I get to play around with, um, and a lot of fun practices too that I get to mess around with with you guys on on different projects. So uh, enjoying everything we're doing so far. That sounds like a lot of stuff and stuff. Exactly, right? That's what, it, that's what it seems to be. Just every week, it seems like the role changes a little bit depending upon what's new. But that's kind of the way the industry works, I think. Oh, totally. The the life of a consultant. I, I kind of like that aspect, though, of not knowing you know, how what you're going to get into from week to week, kind of having that overall plan. But then it can change and you get into details about stuff and sometimes you have to like quick learn something the evening before before you jump right. in and walk through people you know the, the day yeah. after so yeah, yeah. and you know totally. I, think, I think this practice specifically is actually super relevant to that quick learning that i think the industry is getting into so i'm excited to talk about it well so haytham before we get into the practice because i'm super excited as well uh -huh. i'm really interested in uh what kind of animal are you looking to really embody now uh, as you are entering into this podcast uh, as a consultant i feel like you embody many different animals at various times and so which yeah. one currently are you really embodying yeah well during this quarantine this uh I've, I've been taking an approach on myself to try and be more patient but confident uh, if that makes sense. And I think the, I've, I've actually thought about it. I think the animal that demonstrates that is an eagle. So if you think about an eagle, right? Like they're, 
they seem really soft, gentle, like not not like the like big true you know hunters that they are, but like they're super strong, they're super confident, they have good vision, right? And they're patient. They're always like aware of what's going on, and then they can you know hunt whenever they see something that they need. But they're also like somewhat soft, warm, compassionate. That's the animal I've been trying to embody in the coronavirus dur- during this pandemic. Cause I think it just, I don't know, it requires a lot of patience. I feel like. Plus they come with a pretty sweet haircut. Right. So. Right. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're very nice animals. Good looking animals. I, I, I don't know. I'm a fan of the Eagle. Maybe we should call you handsome Haytham. Yeah. Call me handsome. <laughs> I think actually, you know, don't, I'll have to look this up, but I think actually my name Haytham in Arabic means like eagle eyes. I would have to check, but. Uh, oh, yeah. we're just going to, let's just go ahead and roll with that. So Haytham, what is the big picture? Yeah. So it's, it's like what it says it is. It's a big picture. Um, but nice, to, nice answer. Right? That's, that's <laughs> <all I'm saying. laughs> Nailed it. Well, so that's our show today, guys. I yes, think we covered right. everything. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, in, in you know, in seriousness, like it's something that I think I, I see it as a couple different tools, but if I had to boil it down to something super quick, it's it's really a tool or a diagram or a picture, however you want to create it. And we can talk about that a little more later on, but however you want to create this big picture, just think of it as a diagram that allows your dev team to understand how their code is actually being built and deployed. And that's really it. And it might seem like that's something that all development teams and all people that are working on some application might understand, but that's actually not necessarily something that a lot of people have insight to. Um, and that's why I've, I think we've seen it be so valuable and important for for teams to leverage. Yeah, you you were saying that um, you know one of the big benefits is aligning the dev team. So you know obviously there's a bit of a conversation there when forming it. But is that like is that the end audience that it's it's for the dev team or is it for others as well? So that's what's really cool about it too. Is I I think it's an artifact that has the most value on the dev team, but it's also something that I've seen a lot of teams use as a demoable product to people that don't have the technical aptitude to understand all that goes into CICD and pipeline automation. Um, A lot of teams spend time working on those types of things that are not directly valuable to like an end user from an application perspective but they're necessary to create that scalability, that robust pipeline to ensure that over time they're able to build and automate new features quickly, right? So I've seen the the big picture definitely be useful from that perspective of, of acting as a demoable artifact to people that don't have the technical understanding to dive into a pipeline. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, explore the beauty of um, this being a podcast and no visuals. So, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so with that, um, you know, for, for anybody that's listening and, and who isn't familiar with, with the big picture, um, can you kind of talk at least in general terms, like the higher level categories or whatever, like if you, if you move kind of from left to right while looking at the picture, like what's the kinds of information that you put in that tells the story 
of the of the pipeline. Yeah. So so yeah, let me kind of give a little bit of an example of of what this big picture might actually look like, right? So uh, and I'll I'll kind of lay the scene for you. So you can imagine, you know, maybe we're in a we're in a a room and maybe there's a whiteboard on the wall. What you can expect to see on that whiteboard if you're creating a big picture is like you said, almost a sequence from left to right of all the steps in your pipeline that take your application from, you know, being built locally on your own machine to uh, being built into a container image, pushing that container to some technology, pulling that container from that technology and deploying it onto a platform and all the quality gates in between, right? Testing, uh, static code analysis, maybe different security tools. All those different technologies that are required to create that pipeline, you're gonna put on that big picture, on that wall, and you're gonna have them sequenced from left to right according to how they run in the pipeline, right? So. You can, you can really imagine it, it. It's almost like a timeline of, okay, I have five technologies that I'm running in my pipeline. The first one that runs is A, the second one is B, the third one is C, and you can see that visual and all those different gates on the big picture. Uh, so that's what we really wanna see in a big picture, just all the different technologies and steps that are, that are being leveraged in your pipeline to build your code and deploy that code into whatever environment it's going to run in. If anyone's not familiar with uh, the the big picture as far as a visualization, uh, could you walk through like an an example as to what maybe like the uh, a base framework would look like on uh, you know any specific platform that you've really worked on and. Uh, uh, you, you gave mention of like some Tekton stuff and, mm -hmm. and a couple of other tools. How are those even represented uh, in, in the course of a CI/CD? Because while while some people think of CI/CD, like you know, I, I immediately think of like Jenkins. Um, right. But I know you're not looking for just a bunch of green dots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's think about this. So when I'm thinking about the big picture. And again, I, I like your thought there. Let me give a little bit more of like a discrete example of what it might look like. Let's let's actually start with Jenkins. I think that's the one that that most people will be familiar with because Tekton's a bit newer. But let's start with Jenkins and then move along from there. So in your big picture, right? You can imagine again, just just a whiteboard, right? Some some big square. Let's call that your your platform, right? Maybe you're using Kubernetes or a distribution of that, like OpenShift. What you can imagine to see on the big picture on that wall is, again, the functions or the capabilities. So maybe we write on that big picture at the very top of it, right? Imagine like a little border at the top, uh, just the listing of a couple different technologies, automation server or build server, right? That's going to be our Jenkins, but we're still not at the tech part yet. So automation server, maybe we have artifact repository listed. Maybe we have static code analysis listed, and maybe we have container registry listed, right? You can imagine all those different capabilities listed at the top. In the diagram, what we can then do when we start to assign technologies to those, maybe as a team we want to use Jenkins, I can get the actual Jenkins logo and throw it up on the big picture, right? Or 
for artifact repository, I want to use Artifactory, or maybe I want to use Nexus. I can represent that technology in my big picture by actually showing the logo of that technology. And then from That's there, very cool. yeah, it, you know, it makes it kind of fun. And, and what, what I've seen developers really enjoy about it, like especially those that are newer to this space and just starting to learn this stuff, is they're amazed with like how many new technologies they've learned just by implementing and walking through this process, right? Before they might not have been aware of what containers were, or what uh, Jenkins was, but now they see it on a diagram and they can understand the inputs and outputs of these different technologies and how they fit in together to take what they're developing and actually deploy it to a prod environment, right? It's super powerful. That's really cool. Um, you made mention of a couple of uh, tools and techniques that are included inside this diagram uh -huh. um, and how it's really owned by the development team. Who is included in your concept of a development team when trying to create this kind of a big picture? You know, given that it is focused more on the pipeline and the automation around deploying an application and even the platform of where it's going to be deployed, in addition to your developers who might not be working as closely with building that portion of the tech stack out, you want to have whoever's really involved in that piece. So, you know, especially right now, I think different organizations have different terms for the people that are owning that portion of DevOps, if you want to say it. You know, some 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 people have DevOps engineers, some people have kind of transitioned ops teams into playing this role. Some, some organizations have their developers owning this. So I think whoever is owning that portion of creating and building out a pipeline and a platform, in addition to the development team working on the application that will run through that pipeline and be deployed on that platform, those are the people that we want involved in creating the big picture and having a say of what that big picture looks like. So I love metaphors and uh, what I'm no. thinking of. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> it, Here comes it's the not book a library. Store. It's not, it's not a book <laughs> metaphor this time. Um, I'm actually thinking of like painting. Uh, so if you have each of your teams, each of your, the different teams that we were discussing as like different colors of paint uh -huh. uh, and we're looking to paint this, this diagram, uh, I'm just imagining now just you know, saying, okay, um, I have all this paint, I'm just going to throw it onto this canvas and it'll kind of work itself out. Right. Uh, and and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that might not work so hot. So what kind of order do you really uh, approach creating this big picture? And, and how do you kind of like start the initial framework? And then how do you build upon that to generate this amazing sounding diagram? Trying to think about this, I've I have I've had many different experiences actually with creating the big picture, and to some of the points that we've mentioned, it actually involves a lot of who we're expecting to own that piece of work. So even before getting into maybe how it's going to be created, I want to briefly stress that I think especially now, and and Jerry and Matt, I'm sure you guys, I'd, I'd be curious to know what your all thoughts is on this is like development teams and people that have not necessarily owned pipeline automation or platforms or building out uh, you know, CI/CD pipelines that can take code from dev to prod 
are being asked to do that. And I think the reason that they're being asked to do that is because everyone's making this shift towards being more cloud native. And what that's required these dev teams to do is to learn a bunch of different tools to figure out how can I automate my applications so that I can that it can run on this Kubernetes platform or in this uh, you know in this cloud in this new way without having the time to actually learn these technologies, right? That's that's kind of where I've seen the blocker. So when when I approach the big picture and actually creating it bringing it kind of back to your point, Matt, I initially want to create it less from the perspective of this is what's right and wrong and more from the perspective of, let me give you an example of what this might look like so that we can learn what a pipeline is, what the different technologies are, and then we can start to build on that. Does that make yeah. sense? Because no, I that, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Especially like from the, like, you're obviously speaking from like your facilitator hat on and, right. and consultant because a lot of things like the big picture you were talking about, you run a practice and one of the things you're thinking about as the facilitator is how's the conversation going? Who's going to own this and where are they in their skill set and their knowledge level around this so that you know either what to expect of them or if if they need to pair with somebody on something to get smarter, or maybe there's somebody else in the room that already knows how to do this stuff, but they want to get, you know, they want to handle different work, but you want them to tag up in order to knowledge share. So using it as kind of a, a way to gauge where the expertise is mm -hmm. in the room and how to play it out from there, but then also giving, giving that person who's going to own it like full context about where their work is fitting into this bigger plan that's happening. Yeah, yeah, because I think it's hard to come into an organization or a team that may be new to working this way and say, okay, let's create the big picture. What technology do we want first, right? No one's, no one's going to really yeah. no one's really aware. So I think, you know, like you mentioned, Jerry, right? That, that was my facilitator hat being on there. When I'm in the room, that's the way I approach it. But even teams that are, are trying to work this way, I think the best way to start creating a big picture is try and find someone in the organization who might have experience with some of these newer automation pipelines and frameworks. But even if not, try and find an example online. You know, there's so many different examples of, of, of you know, basic CI CD pipelines and create a big picture off that. So you get a sense of here's what a big picture looks like. Here are the different technologies involved. Okay, now let's understand our application, our team, and maybe start to think about what is going to work for us so that we're successful. So that's how I might start to create a big picture. Yeah. Do you feel like as you're as you're doing this uh, and have facilitated in the past, are there some common like probing questions that you tend mm -hmm. to ask a group in order to like move the decision making along? Yeah. So if we think about a big picture and just again, really, you know, think about it as a diagram of your CI CD pipeline, there are always going to be some common things that you're going to have in that picture, right? You're going to have some, some build tool, some automation tool. You know, we commonly leverage Jenkins. Uh, the new thing now has become Tekton with OpenShift. There are a bunch of different tools you could leverage, GitHub Actions, all these things there's going to be some tool managing your workflow, your automation. In addition to that, 
there are going to be a bunch of common steps that are going to happen in that CI/CD pipeline. Some sort of testing, some sort of maybe security analysis or security scan. All those things you can kind of map out those functions at a high level, and that's the way I like to start because again, the technology or the solution you're applying to meet that capability. You know, okay, I want a container reg registry. I don't care if it's Quay or if it's some other different solution. Maybe you're leveraging Docker Hub on you know on the internet. I don't I don't really know what it is you're using, but let's map out that capability first on the big picture to get an understanding of what it is we're trying to achieve, and then we can come back and start to put technologies to those capabilities depending upon what's available to you. I kind of like to start that way. It makes it a little simpler to think about. Uh, how we want to go about creating the picture without necessarily being experts in the technologies. You know, we know these things have to happen. Once we know what needs to happen, let's figure out how we're going to do it. That's awesome. And thinking back to when you were you were talking about reading left to right. Uh huh. And uh, so on the left. Uh, am I to assume that that is like uh, your local environment and then your ultimate destinations, uh, your like uh, pre-prod, prod, whatever environments are kind of sitting on the right. And then in the middle is uh, sequential steps yeah. that are identified with the various technologies that you were talking about uh, along that uh, CICD pipeline. Yeah, exactly, exactly right, right? So kind of that step one that I walked through, you have the capabilities and you have the technologies that you want as part of your pipeline. The step two that you're kind of getting into there, Matt, is like, okay, you know, we kind of understand what technologies we need. How do we link them together? Well, that's where the pipeline comes into play. So on the left, you can imagine as a development team, you're going to do your development locally on your own Mac, right? Or maybe, maybe you have some other system, but that's where your code is actually being formed by some developer on that team. Now, when they're ready to actually say, okay, this, this feature is done, I want it into prod, and they push that button to maybe merge into master, that's when maybe the pipeline starts. And that sequential ordering from left to, left to right is going to start to be invoked. And what that what each specific step is, is basically you know, a set of commands that are running under one of the technologies you listed above. So far left, I have my local dev environment. I hit, you know, merge into master. Now my pipeline's bit been started. So the far leftmost step is going to happen. Maybe I build my code in Jenkins, and then I push the artifact produced to whatever that technology was that I said is going to manage my artifacts, right? That capability. Then I go to step two. Okay, I pull the artifact from the artifact repository. Maybe I do some testing. Then I create a container image, right? That output then gets pushed to the te technology I talked about earlier. Whatever is your container registry. Maybe it's Quay. And as you're documenting those steps that are being executed under each of your technologies, you're kind of moving to the right. And as you start to move to the right, you're getting closer to actually deploying that application. So you're really documenting your pipeline and the steps that are being run in that pipeline under the technologies you listed up above 
for those capabilities that you want as part of your pipeline and you're moving from left to right. Hopefully yeah, that I get, makes sense. Yeah, that, that totally does. It, and kind of in that way, just tells the story left to right of what's happening with the code. Right. You know, once you're once you're pushing it, which is which is really cool. And I have found so not being a super technical person, like when when this conversation goes on and stuff and people are like, oh, yeah, you know, we start with the Jenkins and then we and then we hop over the sonar queue before pushing to the I'm like, I, OK, that sounds that sounds super producty. Great. But right. seeing it visualize it starts to give me context about like what tools do what function and why why is that step in that order within the entire process and that and how is that helping you know ensure that the stuff that we're pushing is is secure and works which is really cool i love the story aspect of that and, and i'm sure as you're facilitating it and going through these these different steps um i'm sure sometimes competing ideas come up from the group uh -huh. so how how do you handle that when a competing idea comes up? How do you try to bottom that out and align people on a single solution? Yeah, so you're thinking like the perspective of, you know, maybe we want to use technology X versus Y, right? Or maybe we want this thing to happen. Yeah, or, or maybe somebody says, I think I think for this step, we should use we should use tech X. And right. another person's like, No, I think I think tech Y is the best thing here. Like, yeah. how would how would you like align like drive that conversation in order to get to a single decision? Yeah, so that that's a great question. So in the very first step, why why I like to actually document capabilities before applying tech is because the capabilities are what we're after, right? So I'll give again, let's give another example here. Maybe um, for my artifact repository, you know, someone wants to use Artifactory, you know, they've had experience with it. And then another person wants to use Nexus, right? For whatever reason, the first thing I would ask is, do either of those technologies satisfy the need that we're after, which is the capability mm -hmm. that we first listed? Can it hold the artifact that I'm producing from my app and can I pull it? And maybe does it have role-based access control? If it satisfies those needs, then that's where I come in with the mindset of, okay, I mean, either could be useful. This is where I'm like experimentation over, uh, you know, maybe documenting something or talking about it more, you know, take, take, a, take a couple hours, do a spike and prove to me that your technology would fit our needs. Um, it, it, as I think from a big picture perspective, as long as you satisfy that capability desire that we documented and it can ingest whatever input is coming before we're using that and can output whatever we need to go further to the right, then from there, it's, a, it's up to the team to really decide which technology they wanna use. Maybe they go with one because of experience or maybe they go with one because they they want to learn something new. That that brings to mind something that you know a, a bunch of other practices uh, also look to try and abide by, and that's generation of living documentation. Mm -hmm. And and what you were talking about, like you know, if you wanted to have like a bake off of like different technologies or whatnot, like however you go about that yeah. um, uh, action, like that's cool, but. The focus inside of the big picture is driving the visualization as to what could occur or even what is occurring. 
Uh, yeah. So if you have like a bake off of two technologies, you say, okay, cool. How about we do both of these things and we see which ones we like better, uh, but either like coding in implementing or just, you know, maybe it's a price point thing right. and, and then you choose one and then you update the documentation. Um, it also makes me start thinking around uh, if I have, if I have a gap, uh, you talked yeah. about identifying key things you want this uh, big picture to start representing security yeah. testing and all uh, maybe performance testing as well. Mm -hmm. And if you find that you're not doing something, uh, then I guess you could go find some technology to solve that aspect of, of this gap in your, in your visual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's a really cool point. I, that actually comes up a lot. So I kind of described a little bit in terms of the way that we start the big picture. I like to start super simple, right? The bare basics, like, okay, all I'm going to do with my application right now is I'm going to compile it with Jenkins. I'm going to build an artifact, push it to Nexus, build my container, push it to Quay, which is a container registry. And then I'm going to deploy that container in staging, right? That's the far right most. So I've gone from left to right in that whole sequence right? I'm just doing three things, basically. I'm compiling, pushing an artifact, and then building a container, and then I'm deploying it. Bunch of gaps in there, right? A lot mm -hmm. of places of, of work that's left to be done. What the big picture is really cool is like, I can put like a big red X between maybe the container image being built and pushed to Quay, and then being deployed to staging and say, hey, there should probably be some testing, like some end-to-end -end testing to verify that the application works before we deploy to staging. Okay, that's cool. So what I can do is like document in my big picture what I actually want that to look like. So what maybe in this case, you know, before I deploy to staging, I'm going to deploy to a QA environment, and then I'm going to run end-to-end -end tests in that QA environment. If they pass, then I'll deploy to staging, right? So I just documented on my big picture, a quality gate, but I haven't created, I haven't actually gone out and created that quality gate in my pipeline yet, right? I haven't even chosen a technology for it. I've just documented that I, I know I want this thing to happen because we as a team don't feel comfortable deploying to staging right after we built the container image. We want to run it somewhere, make sure it works, it doesn't break before we deploy to staging. So I can kind of document that that piece of work needs to be done by someone on our team in our big picture, maybe outline it with like a red square or something. And then, you know, hopefully at the end of the sprint, uh, someone on the dev team took it on themselves and said, hey, I, I really like Cypress. I, you know, went ahead and implemented this and now it's working. Okay, cool. So let's update the big picture. I'll put the Cypress logo there, document the steps that I'm running as part of that stage in the pipeline for the end-to-end -end tests. And now I've implemented my quality gate. So you can really identify gaps in your pipeline by seeing it visually on that big wall and saying, hey, this doesn't seem right. Like something should happen before I deploy to staging or prod as an example. Yeah, so Haytham, I'd be curious. You've you've shared a, a couple of like really good tips when you're facilitating it, but if you were to think about somebody who might be trying this for the first time, what are some tips that you would give to them for for facilitating it and taking a first crack at it? Yeah, find a big wall. 
that's, that's <laughs> um but no really yeah find a big wall because again it, it's gonna expand like matt mentioned right this is like a living document there are always gonna be new things new requirements that you might have to implement in your pipeline and you can just see it expanding right maybe you have to add some new quality control way to the left that you didn't initially have you're going to want to be able to move the move the picture around in a way that facilitates that but yeah so that's step one make sure you find a big wall but in terms of your team and trying to really create this for yourself i think hmm, I think where you can start again, they're they're kind of two two paths, right? Let's say let's say you're a team that already has taken it upon themselves to start to work in this way, right? Maybe you do have a defined pipeline, and you you know a little bit about these technologies. If you're familiar with that, then what you can really do is it it is almost a translation from how you've defined your pipeline to putting logos on the wall and documenting those steps at a higher level does that make sense so so maybe again maybe i'm leveraging jenkins if you've already been using jenkins you're going to have what's called a jenkins file that's going to explicitly define all the steps that you're running in your pipeline you can literally start there and say okay so that we can move forward and more easily document this let's take our jenkins file and map out each of these steps two technologies, put their logos on the wall and document these steps under that logo from left to right. So that's in the example that you've already been working in this way. If you haven't been working in this way and you wanna move to working this way, the example, I, the, you know, I, I've a, I have a couple different examples that I like to use. Uh, it's actually, you know, there are a couple good open source repos that have reference pipelines. I like to start with the most basic ones, but I like the idea of starting from what a pipeline might look like, even if it's not exactly what you're trying to implement, just to get something on that wall that you can work against, that you can iterate against. So those are kind of my two approaches. One, if you've been working this way, use, use the Jenkins file or use the pipeline that you've been working against and build it from there. The other is find a nice basic open source example, use that as a reference and iterate on that. I've had so many people, both, both those that have been working in the industry for like 20 plus years and those that are like kind of more junior devs, they might've been just out of college. Like when they see the big picture, it, it, it brings out like two emotions, right? Like it's, it's scary because they realize how many different things are involved in getting like an application actually running. But it's also like, it, it gives them a lot of confidence because if I'm a developer and I don't actually know how my application is going to successfully run in production and like, you know, maybe a bunch of these security tests are going to run in the pipeline. If I'm not aware, and then every time I push a change, it fails at that part of the process. I might not look like the best developer. Like I might like not look like I know what I'm what I'm doing. So it, it's it's interesting because I think it, even though it is just at the end of the day like a high level architectural diagram, like it, it creates the right emotions. I think for people to understand either what it is they need to learn or give them the confidence of 
okay, now that I know how it's working, I can go back and like do things in my local development that are going to make it a better application because I know that it's checking for these different things. It, that sounds a lot like my like my parenting philosophy. It's scary because I see all the work and I'm but I'm confident in the fact that I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, it's, I mean, all, it's all out there transparently. <laughs> that's the trend. That's the trend. Hey, you want to be transparent? There's some transparency for you. <laughs> Parenting's hard. It's hard, but like I, I because I know because I've I've went through this, right? I went through this like you went through parenting, Hatham? No, not, not <laughs> no, he was parented. Hatham was parented, believe it or not. <laughs> no, 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 not, just just a cat, but um, <laughs> just a cat. <laughs> it, my brother took it away from me, so I don't know what that means. If I was a good parent or a bad parent, but. That's all right. It's all about it's all about you know getting back to the point, right, meow? <laughs> okay, I like that one, Jerry. <laughs> um, I did have a I, I did have a a, a question for you um, in bringing it back to the actual like doing the big picture um, mm -hmm. and talking about that and working through it as a team. Um, are there other practices that you've come across that kind of aid in helping have that big picture conversation, things that would either come before that make it a little bit easier, or maybe after you've done the big picture that might lead into or queue up other practices that you've seen. Mm -hmm. um, any, any practice or, or things that have been done around team forming, I think would be beneficial before the big picture, uh, because like we've kind of described, I think the big picture, in addition to documenting what's going on and the technical pieces that are at play and what the team is trying to work towards from a pipeline or automation perspective, it's going to be a learning tool. And if people in the team don't feel comfortable to speak up and say, hold on, I need you to explain this stage again. I need you to explain what this technology does again, then it's going to lose its value. It's going to be some, information radiator that people kind of point at it has pretty logos but no one's going to actually understand it so step one even before starting the big picture is get the team comfortable with each other and asking questions and vocalizing that i don't really understand what this what this is i need someone who might have more knowledge on this to explain it to me totally agree If you've listened to episodes before, we look to try and create some sort of a, a reflection summary. Uh, we, we chatted about a lot of things, and uh, we just kind of want to say, what did we take away from the conversation? What did we learn? What Did we have an aha moment? Or just really what stuck out to us? And so, Jerry, I wanted to see if you wanted, or if Haytham, you wanted to uh, share some sort of a reflection summary, and then, and then, and then I'll tack on. If sharing a reflection will help turn sad Matt into happy Matt, then I'm happy to go first. So I'll share one of the things, and this was this was a pretty cool realization. And Haytham, I think you communicated it really well. Mm -hmm. Is that I, I guess I had always kind of thought of the big picture as um, you know you you sit down with the team and you make the thing, and then you know if you need to update it 
if you run into some issues or something like that down the road, you know, it is living and you can, you can update it that way. But when you introduce the idea that it's, it almost acts as like a litmus test for your decisions, like, and what you're doing where, you know, you're, you're working on something and being able to go back and ask yourself, like, is the, is my work mapping back to what we're trying to achieve with the big picture? Yeah. And using that as like a visual reminder for the developers to be constantly asking themselves and making sure that they're operating within what was agreed upon by the team in terms of the tech stack and and, and how the pipeline is going to operate. That was a really cool uh, thing that that stuck out to me and uh, definitely appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's 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 always fun to talk about the big picture because, again, I think the thing that I appreciate most about it because I, I learned a lot myself when I was starting in this field and learning uh, you know, more of the, the CICD technologies was just getting an understanding of how things worked before I dove into it. Um, I think that's what the big picture provides. Uh, and that's, that's why I love it as a learning tool around the newer way that people are starting to work in this DevOps mindset. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's been fun. And just a plug too, I know I didn't reference it, but Red Hat COP slash container pipelines, that was the, the pipeline reference I was looking for earlier that has a bunch of nice little references that, that teams I think can start to use as examples if they're newer to this space. That's awesome. Uh, that was actually one of my like, oh, that's a, that is a, a gold nugget of information is yeah. looking up like code pipeline examples from reputable sources. Now yeah. we gave a Red Hat one, uh, that's fine. Uh, but there are other ones out there, but just find one so that you can get the vocabulary. And when you get that vocabulary, you can improve your search and then go find other things that are out there if you wanted uh, comparable uh, examples that are out there. And that way you're not just working with theory. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and then I had, I had actually like two more. One of the things was that create the pipeline by generally populating the big picture of just a, like a generic pipeline. And it can be from one of the pipeline examples because it frames the big picture for yourself. And then you can evolve it or correct it for the actual situation and code progression that you have at whatever product that you're trying to ship. And I found that is a really great way to start facilitation of the big picture. Mm -hmm. And then the other one was when facilitating the building of the big picture, identify aspects that need to be accomplished in your pipeline, where you want the code to go and identify the key quality gates and steps uh, that you need in order to build your code and progress it. Not technology specific what yeah. is it looking to accomplish at any specific phase and i was like oh <laughs> so cool because then you're a technology agnostic big picture diagram that is you can you can just swap whatever the technology is and your diagram doesn't have to even really change and that is incredibly powerful yeah, yeah, I love that, and that that's so helpful for learning too, right? The and the bake offs that you that you talked about because it's the capability, it's the value add that we're after. We're not after deploying Jenkins. We're after having some automation or build tool, and whatever it is, maybe in a couple years 
it's going to be this new thing. It's still going to need to provide that capability. That's why I love I love documenting documenting it from the value perspective and less from the technology perspective. Great knowledge, man, dude. Thank Atham. Thanks for coming on and talking to us about that. It's a uh, that was some good stuff. And I, I gotta ask if uh, if people want to keep up with you. Like, where can they find Haytham Shaheen on the internet? What's the yeah. best way to do that? LinkedIn. It's uh, it's it's Haytham Shaheen. Super easy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you made my show notes easy. I don't have to go yeah. out and find your face now. GitHub Haytham Shaheen three three three. I think. You yep. think? Oh. Nope. Three three three. Three is my favorite number, so I wanted three in my in my uh, username three times. That's like that's. <laughs> That's meta right there. That's yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I heard I heard that Haytham actually means uh, three eagles. Oh, so. hey, there we go. See what you <laughs> the dictionary as we know it. I see what you, <laughs> I see that's what you a, did that's there. That's a handsome eagle. Handsome. <laughs> three handsome eagles. Perfect. That'll be my next username. <laughs> handsome <laughs> eagles. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. I, I appreciate it. It was fun. Yeah, thank you. And as always, stay open. Thanks. Hey, you. High fives to you for listening to this episode of the Open Practice Podcast. That was awesome of you. And you should do it more often because who doesn't like more awesome stuff in their lives? It's awesome. If you like what you heard and you want to know more, feel free to head over to openpracticelibrary.com where you can find a wealth of activities and practices that you can run with your team in order to help get you from idea to delivery. And while you're there, why not upload your own stuff too? This is all about a community. We all need to share what's in our brains so that we can all get better at creating better ideas and turning those into better solutions for people. So contribute. We need it. If you want to keep up with us, you can also hit us up and follow us on Instagram at Open Practice Library. Thanks for listening and stay open.